This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hamling and tonight I'm your host... Well, for a podcast, not a live show, but uh, we've today seen Palace draw 1-1 against Newcastle United at Sellers Park. Was it two points dropped, or do we respect the point? The uh, answer seems to be very much the former, uh, judging by your correspondence so far. I'll introduce you to my panel in just a moment, so if you want to get in touch with the show, you can't do it live, but you can during the course of the week. Go to horadio.net forward slash contact and uh, drop us a message there. We'll be back after the short message that Sam's just about to edit in now. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia, homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, and here we are. I introduce you to my wonderful panel today. We have Mr. Nicholas Gillard. Hello. Hello. We have Edward Calloway. Good evening. I've gone for Edward. Uh, it's all right, isn't it? Formal? Yeah, we'll go with that. And we have DR, DR Kernas. Hello. Hello. Right, gents, let's get straight in this. It was uh, a bit of a frustrating performance, I found. I thought particularly first half we were very much off the pace and, and, and you know, Newcastle were right up, right at our throats and probably deservedly went in one up at half-time. But weirdly, we could have potentially scored about three goals in that first half when we were poor. Much better in the second half, but some frustration amongst many that we did some viewer we didn't really push on. I thought we created a lot of chances and did, just didn't quite fall for us one of those days. But I could say that about a few games recently. So we'll be talking about all of that uh, very, very shortly. But as we often do, we'll start with a, with a, with a quick look at the lineup. So Sacco, um, obviously, for the fact that he came on and, and finished the game, is obviously fit. But uh, Roy Hodgson choosing to start with Kelly and Tompkins as the centre backs so, and, and keeping that back four. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Ed. What, you know, when you've got a fit Mamasako on the bench, um, and you know, without obviously you've got benefit of hindsight with what happened with the with the, uh, with the opening goal, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But is there is there any real logic in keeping Martin Kelly at centre back there? Not for me. I was surprised by it to be honest. I fully expected Osako was on the bench against West Ham. I think wasn't he? So yeah. you know, he's he's and he's been in training. We know he's fit. I was expecting him to come back in today, but. 
And I think Hodgson really does rate Martin Kelly. Um, and I think if I, just on the basis that he hadn't made, necessarily made any sort of mistakes that weren't dropping him, he's sort of stuck with the same back four. But I think when you've got someone as good as Sacco and you've got a £30 million centre-half, if he's fit, he plays for me. Well, that's it. You know, I, I understand you know, where you're going. That's where I kind of thought, you quite like to see good performances, or you know, or at least a lack of errors rewarded. You know, with a with a continued run of the team, it's, it sends a good message out to everyone who's not playing that if they get in there and they do well, they can keep their place. But I think I, f- I feel that it certainly cost us for the first goal today, which again I say we analyse in just a moment. But your views on, on on that, Nick? You know, seeing you know seeing that that continued selection from from Roy, do you, you know, is it something that? You think overall, it, it you know it gives us a bit of you know, as I just described, really gives us a little bit of strength and, and gives the players a bit of trust in the manager. Or is it really you should put, put your best eleven out there? I I couldn't believe it was his hundredth appearance, Kelly, today when they announced it. I thought, blimey, where's the time gone? Um, yeah, keep him in there because he 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 hasn't been doing too badly. Obviously, you're going to talk about the goal in a bit, and Mamadou does need introducing, but he does give the player a bit of confidence. It, it makes him show that he can be a first choice and not just sitting there waiting for somebody to be injured. I think it readies them more to be that they might be called upon. Yeah, I see the point. Um, <coughs> excuse me one second. Just coughing there. You might have to edit that out, Sam. <coughs> oh, I ate some peanuts earlier. Happens. <laughs> so, DR, you've heard, obviously, Nick and, uh, and Ed give their views and me, me as well. So let's just talk a little bit about this opening goal, which was... You know, it's not just down to Kelly, but um, I'm just playing it as I'm as I'm uh, as I'm talking to you now. So, a bit of live analysis for you. But uh, obviously, the corner comes swinging. of things. So Luca obviously takes a swing at it with his with his left foot, complete air shot. But what happens is Kelly gets attracted to the player in front of him, which is I think Kieran Clark, who is being marked by Fosu Mensa at the time. And just lets Diame run to the back post. And it's such an easy goal, isn't it? It's such a, an easy thing for, to concede. And we're suddenly 1-0 down. Yeah, it was an easy goal. But I was kind of um, shocked by Kelly. The way he left his marker. I know that um, possibly the guy, I'm not too sure who he left him for. But he should have stick with me personally. You should stick with your guy. And whoever whoever's person that was, then that would be their fault. So I was kind of shocked. And corners becoming a habit now we've conceded quite a few corners and we've got the players that could defend corners but we just somehow it just doesn't work I want to see maybe Roy focus on corners more as we just if we if we defended that corner in second half if we sorted it out with um, you know second half when Maka went middle and Zara went central we possibly could have won that game yeah I think people would say we should have won that game it's, it's frustrating again we only, we only score out of a penalty but despite creating so many chances but you know I mean looking back at the lineup as well it's you, you've sort of touched on it there deal where we had McCarthy playing left and look, it's not the first time we've seen that you know and we've, we've only lost two games in 15 now so there's a limited amount of criticism we can sort of chuck at the manager but at the same time you've got you know, you know, it took us again a poor first half and a and a big load of changes at half time to actually get back in the game. But uh, Nick, you wanted to speak a little while ago. Yeah, yeah, just on on the goal while we're on it. Um, poor old Tompkins left with two players there, not knowing what to do. Just the 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 Luca miss kick. There were a lot of miss kicks and air kicks today. Did you think? 
or was that just me? No, there was there was a lot. I would I sort of initially I was calling it sort of in my head anyway. I wasn't talking to anyone, but I was calling it sloppiness. Yeah, I just thought we were like particularly, and again, McCarthy in the first half, his passing just went went to pot. It was terrible. You know, it was full of energy, full of running, but he couldn't make a two yard pass. And there was a few players who had games like that. You know, just that. You know, I think you look at the Van Arnholt was superb from left back, and we'll talk about the the best performances on the day, but. You know, he was one who who seemed to be passing about four or five yards ahead of players who weren't really making runs. Wolf had that, you know, very frustrating first half better in the second. But in the first half, he was, you know, two or three yards off everyone, you know, just tr- in terms of his anticipation. And that's very unlike him. Um, and, I, and yeah, I think you're right, Nick. I think you're right to sort of, to sort of pick out that there were a few air shots. And, I, you know, we struggled again with the, with the high press. You know, Newcastle did exactly what they did when we went and played them. It was James's Park tried to dominate the possession and really did go with the high press. Their forward players were right in the faces of our defence. We just didn't seem to cope with it. And Ed, I think that's uh, you know that's something that, that managers will look at against us as something that's a very successful tactic because we, we do tend to sort of go to pieces a little bit when we're pushed in, in the defensive areas. Yeah, I think you mentioned the goal there. It was very poor goal to concede, wasn't it? Like, I think... Like you said, Kelly's completely lost his man, but I think the way we set up was not great. With Benteke does that sort of like screening role, sort of in line with the near post, and we have a guy on the uh, on the post. So I think Benteke should be out on the six yard box because that ball should never go across our goal at like shin knee high and get all the way across the the army for him to tap it into the back post. Is such a poor goal to concede, but we were just very sort of sloppy in the first half when they did press us. Everyone was a little bit um, sort of either hot potato and was fluffing it and missed kicks, things like that. Or, you know, just, it was just the way we moved the ball around was just too slow and it was too easy for them to to set up against. And the first half was really poor. Yeah. Although, um, sorry, can I paraphrase my, my old man? He would always say that they weren't at it in the first half. And I think that sum, sums it up really well. They just didn't yeah. have any drive, desire, or even wherewithal about what was going on. I mean, we yeah. had chances, but they, that determination was missing. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I don't think it was for the want of trying. I just think that, you know, again, you had that, you know, the, the not at it phrase is, is exactly right. And it's somehow, sometimes it's difficult to put a thing on exactly why that is. You know, because it seems to be the whole team. It's not like one individual has gone out there and is a bit off the pace. It's up all of a sudden, all, you know, all 11 are off the pace. Uh, we'll talk about some chances in just a moment, but Dio, you wanted to get on that? Yeah, I think it, it was not uh, the determination, but it was just the tactic side of it. Every time they're high pressing us, and obviously when Mako was playing wide, we had that less uh, number in midfield. So it was getting overrun in midfield, and by them high pressing us, we'll just hitting the balls up to like hopeless people and Benteke I think he done well today giving some headers on to Wilf but I think that was a problem the first half it just um the midfield we didn't have enough numbers in there and by them high pressing us we didn't have enough options so but as he as we all know second half that changed and it yeah. probably wasn't stopped it did. I mean, it's frustrating that it takes to the second half for it to, for it to actually change but you know you're, you're absolutely spot on with what you say there and um, but we didn't, you know, we created a fair bit in the first half, which, you know, I don't want to harp on about. I mean, Wilf had an early chance, perhaps a little bit too early. 
gets the ball a little bit caught under his feet as he as he takes the first touch. Otherwise, you know, you think he's going to slot that in. It's a it's a very early one on one, and it's not you know. Also, uh, Benteke had a similar one, didn't he, when he was put through by Van Arnholt. Um And actually, his first touch was excellent because he you know he put it into a, a good position to shoot. And you're thinking he's just going to curl it around the keeper with his left. But he goes to jab it with the right, and he wants all he's trying to do is just lift it over the body of the keeper, you know, with one of those sort of chip little finishes, but doesn't quite get the height on it. Uh, but Darlow's got out well, and you know, you look at that and you think, you know, on another day, those are two two chances that, that definitely go in, and they, and they weren't our only ones. There was all sorts of moves that sort of broke down at the last, and you know, the only, we really were the only team creating proper chances, barring just a couple of moments where Wayne Hennessy kept us in the game but I want to draw a bit of attention to that because we got a tweet that <laughs> came in Wayne Hennessy proves you wrong again it said uh, yeah so as I said pre-show gents I'm going to just say to that person who tweeted us that you tweet me every time Wayne Hennessy has a great game like you know and I'll tweet you every time he costs us something and we'll see who tweets the most but look I'm I'm that's tongue in cheek a little bit there because as I said before, I'm delighted when Wayne Hennessy does his job today, does his job. Well, not only those couple of saves, but I thought he was much more likely to come and claim a, a cross in this game once more. You know, we're, we're harping back to the, the West Brom game where he dominated his area and he spent two games standing on his goal line, not doing anything. He's come back and again, he's shown today that he can do it. Just wish he'd do it every game. Nick, I thought his distribution today was faultless. There was not one kick that didn't find Benteke's head. I thought he came out, he punched well. And I think, genuinely, I think you're being over-harsh on him. Yes, we do need a better keeper, but I think you're, you're just, you, you just hate him too much. And you need I to don't hate him at all. I don't at all. I'm just, I'm just observing what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But more you, you more often than not, he's, he's shocking. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a fact. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I'm delighted. He was superb today. You know yeah. what I mean? He was absolutely excellent today. One of our better performances. And I honestly think if you were to review every show this season, when he's played well, I've said he's played well. And I hate it when people yeah. say I'm being harsh because I don't go out to pick him out. But if I'm analysing a goal and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, what the hell is Wayne Hennessy doing there? I'm going to say, what the hell is Wayne Hennessy doing there? Today we conceded one goal, not his fault. And he made a couple of cracking saves. The double save was good. You know, he's a little bit of a Hollywood save, that second one. But a uh, good height for him. But he's got up there and done it. And, I, you know, I think on certain other days, he's not really been like that. He's not really been the player, a keeper to get up and make a quick double save. I was delighted, absolutely delighted for him today. On, and long may it continue so I can shut my face about it. On the subject of keepers, I noticed Henry, and I nearly went Henry then. Henry was uh, on the bench. What happened to Speroni? I, I didn't hear. Injured, apparently. Injured. Um, so we've got one sort of first-class keeper left. Yeah, one joining in the summer, which is great news. Ed, <laughs> Ed, you want to talk about Wayne? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he has been not good enough this season. Today was probably one of his, I don't know, best, if not the best performance. He made some very good saves. Like you said, the double save. There's one in the second half he was quite brave coming out to. He even came out like over the top of a group of players where he might have got hurt and punched the ball clear today, which was... Lovely, Ooh. refreshing to see. Normally, he's a bit, um, a bit timid and scared in those sorts of situations. But that was nice to see. And like Nick said, I agree. His distribution off the floor and out of his hands, even with Dwight Gale being a annoying little 
so-and-so and standing in front of him most of the yeah. time. His distribution was very good previously. Overhit, over he quite often overhits a lot of his stuff because he's got a humongous kick. He is, yeah. He's um, very accurate in terms of getting it on Benteke today. And yeah, I think credit where it's due. I've been very critical of him in the past, but he was good today. But I, just unfortunately for a Premier League goalkeeper, he doesn't have performed days like today enough. Correct. Yeah. It's not enough in the Premier League to do that two or three times a season. You've got to, you know. That's got to be standard, isn't save, it? Yeah, save your team points, you know, half a dozen times, a dozen times through the season. If you look at Czech and goalies, the top top goalies in the league, they will make saves like that, like he did today, you know, nearly week in, week out. And that'd be worth 12 points a season easily. Well, exactly. And he's proved he can do it. Perhaps the, the, the fact that there's a keeper joining us in the summer and Vincente uh, Gator, maybe that spurred him on a little bit. But like I say, proved he can do it. Does it every week. We don't have to have this conversation every week. Do you? Yeah, quickly. Quick, Nick, um, you know when you said Chris was hating on um, uh, Hennessy, can you give me one month where Hennessy has been perfect? Instead of not one game, what one month where he's been perfect consistently for that month? No, I can't. But in that particular instance, the, the whole team was was rubbish. And I think Chris singled out Hennessy over and above everybody else where I thought there was players in that match who were equally valid for criticism. Let's, uh, let's, let's not dwell on that because you're, you're perpetuating, you're perpetuating yeah. a misunderstanding from that show on another show. And I don't really yeah. want to get involved. Oh, I've got to defend it again. And then all of a sudden I've done another 45 minutes. So, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so uh, But let's get on another much maligned player, Christian Benteke. Uh, we've had a fair few tweets saying drop Benteke, but he's calling me, people call him a useless lump and all this sort of stuff. So again, the last couple of weeks I've, uh, I've weighed in on that and I've said he's a player lacking confidence, a player out of form and really needs someone to push him. Uh, and we'll get into the the fact that we've signed a striker and you know lack of subs and all that kind of stuff in a bit. But just focusing on the performance of Christian Benteke, I'm just going to put out what I think, and I just want to get your views, gents, and see you know see if there's where this is coming from because you know he's getting so much grief, um, and not just grief saying that he's you know oh you know we could he's not scoring enough. It's grief saying that he's a rubbish football player and a waste of money and all this kind of stuff, right? So. If you look at that, that, that's been said off the back of today, right? And the reason I, I, I state that quite obvious statement is because I thought today, I don't recall him losing a header. All of his flick-ons were, were attempting and hoping for a, the player up alongside him to get to get alongside and get get onto the flick-on. And quite often, Wilfred Zaha was able to do that or Townsend was able to do that or the defence, uh, you know, Sorry, the uh, the midfield backing him up would uh, would pick up something. I think he held the ball up well. I think he ran, ran the channels reasonably well. He was the focal point of all of our attacks. He got a, a chance, um, you know, as I said early on, where perhaps he should have scored. Beyond that, everything else that he gets a proper go at, he hits the target, and people have to stop it. You know, he's had shots. He's had a header cleared off the line in the, in the second half. Uh, and the only one again that perhaps looks a glaring miss is the one from the corner. But as, a, you know, as I was saying, Prichet, he's jumped a foot and a half higher than every other player on the pitch to actually get to that header. And it's only that he can't get over the top of it uh, that, that means he hasn't scored. So that's my view. I thought he had a really, really good game. Uh, you know, uh, it was, was a very, very strong performance from a from a striker leading the line on it pretty much on his own for a lot of it in what was a particularly poor performance in the first half 
So Dio, am I wrong? Was there anything different there? Yeah, I think I think it's a bit harsh to criticise him today. I can understand previous, even on Tuesday he was perfect, but I can understand previous games. But today I think he done well. He won headers and he was up there. He was he was trying to bring everyone into the game. And some of the criticism he gets is harsh. I was I was actually surprised to see the comments today. I thought today would be a non Benteke bashing day, but it seemed like it's, it's come to that again. Um, People are trying to put the blame on Benteke. He scored a goal on Tuesday. Uh, it was a, it was a good goal. And today he brought in Wilf to the game so many times in the first half, even though he wasn't craned from midfield. When balls were lumped to him, he headed it down and tried to bring bring him down to the game. And that's how we created our chances. So I think it's harsh. I think it's harsh to tell him um, to drop him now. Well, well, there you go. Dr. and I think it's harsh. Nick, what do you think about Benteke's performance today? I thought it was all right. Seven out of ten, solid. Could have done more. We're trying to lift the ball over the goalkeeper uh, in his early chance, but thanks to Wayne's um, excellent, accurate kicks, he did win lots of headers. And, you know, we're, we're saying, oh, he won the headers, but that's because the ball's coming towards him more accurately. Um, he was industrious, and you could you could see, especially as the game wore on, he was more up for it. Benteke won the headers because of Wayne's accurate. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> Ed, anything uh, anything on Benteke that you can really bring to the table? Did you yeah, understand the criticism? I think the people that criticise him want him dropped are the same people that want sort of like a Cameron Jerome type. Someone who may not have all that quality, but is going to, at least to them, looks like he's trying because he's running his nuts off. But that's not what we want from Christian Benteke. I agree with Nick that I think it was a solid sort of 7 out of 10 performance. Um, he did win a lot of flicks, a lot of headers. But I mean, if he'd have scored that early chance where he goes through one on one, if he lifts that over the keeper and then in the second half there's not the defender on the line to clear it and he scores two goals, those same people would probably be, you know, saying, ah, oh, Benteke's class, he's back, he's on form mm-hmm. again. Never doubt it. So that's the fine lines between getting a hammering in the stands and and being a hero, but I think it's just a confidence thing. I think he's great up until we, he gets inside the 18 yard box. Um, yeah. That one on one early, early doors where he goes through. I mean, the Christian Benteke, like when he scored that goal at the bridge where he just dummied it and sat Courtois down on his ass and just lifted it over him. That is, that's Christian Benteke when he's got some confidence in him. Yeah. Yeah, he knows he hasn't scored at Sellers. Some fans are on his back. He hasn't scored loads of goals this year. <clears throat> he's struggling for confidence and he, you know, he's snatching at chances and things like that. But I think he played all right today. He did a, like we, the first half. The whole side was pretty damn poor. The second half, when we had Wilf out wide, he was a lot better because we created a little bit more for him. But I think it's harsh to be saying let's drop him. Well, there we go. So those those of you that did get in touch and say, look, you know, drop him off the back of the performance today. Why? What what's what was wrong? Tell me what was wrong. Get in touch with the show uh, during the course of the week. Hlradio.net forward slash contact. Give us give your voice. Let us know because you know these are just our opinions. Yours are just as valid. Uh, Why don't you send Chris some hate mail through the post as well? <laughs> Mix it up a bit. If you could, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, cut out newspaper headlines for the letters, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> Oh, so that's you that's been sending those. Yeah, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this is, you know, is a game of opinions. And I, you know, those who have, have said, you know, it's interesting that, you know, say, for example, on this show, I, I'm quite happy to, to criticise Wayne Hennessy, but I forever defending Ben Tecco. And I've seen that observation. And I do get it. I do understand that. 
and, and obviously I've explained the reasons before, but I just think, you know, it's important. We do, as a, I suppose probably all clubs do have their, their scapegoats and it just happens. So it happens that for some people at the moment, they're, they're ju- judging Benteke the way they are because it costs so much money. It's got such a, you know, it came with such a reputation. Um, that, you, that people expect more. And I, you know what? I do say, what the hell was that? I do say that uh, I think that's a fair point. I think when you're paying the money we we paid for him and the you know the wages, it is fair to want him to be at his best all the time. But he's a human being. So. Do, you re- do you reckon he goes up to Hodgson and says, can you pick much this week just to give somebody else to hate for a while? <laughs> Take the pressure yeah. off. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, Jordan Much, you mean? Is he actually? What, what's the what's the latest on that? Is he there? Is he strong rumor? That's where he's heading as soon as they can sign him, I believe. So uh, I don't know when the window for that opens or whatever. But wow, well, well, we've <laughs> won't he? What sport is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one in their right mind is signing him as a footballer, right? Uh, was it the video? I think I found a video. It was like a, a minute. Was it a minute 17 and about a minute and 15 of it of him coming off the bench as a sub? In the slow-mo. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Anyway, so uh, no, it's been a bit of a negative show so far. So positives are much, much better second half. And uh, a lot of that was to do with the recognition that we needed to do something about the central midfield. We've managed to look, make uh, Diame and... Uh, What's his face? <laughs> Why, Shelby? Shelby. I couldn't Love think of... I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we've, we've uh, we managed to make them look like a, a, a sort of top top four midfield for uh, for 45 minutes, which was really stupid. But once we got MacArthur in there and, and, and pushed Wilf out to the wide position and started getting more central support up to Benteke, the whole thing changed. And it was just, you know, we built up a bit of momentum at the end of the first half, which was nice to see. But... We just kicked on and put pressure on, you know, more and more pressure happened. And it just, you know, you knew the goal was coming, but we just couldn't quite get it out of regular play. And in the end, we got it from what was Jens a soft penalty award, wasn't it, DR? Well, Wait, well, it- to be fair, um, to be fair, I actually didn't have a clue what was going on. First of all, I thought it was a hand. They were trying to pull, someone's pulling Penteke's kit. I think it was Kieran Clark. So, in that instance, I don't think it's soft, Chris. He was pulling his kit, so it should be a penalty. In, in, in but in the oh. games, um, most of them are not given where they should be given. So I don't think it's soft. I think it's the right call. Exactly, you're right. You're right by responding in that way. I called it soft because I mean, even to us in the same penalty area with the referee looking at it, um, you've had Shelby pull in Benteke's shirt probably about five minutes before the end in a much more obvious way. Nothing given. I'm just by soft. I mean, it's a penalty you don't see given as much as it perhaps should be. Um, but a fitting reward, I think, for our for our play there, Nick, wasn't it? In, indeed. In fact, the, the second one, I, I stood up and shouted, "Look! If the first one was a penalty, that's even more of a penalty." The, quite a, quite a long yeah. thing to shout at a football match. That it was, but you know, it was a quiet Did you moment. Maintain a <laughs> loud volume for the entirety of it. Referee, if the first one's a, like that, like shout. Yeah, I, it was a bit more condensed than that. Oh, okay, and, um, enough, a few right. words I won't use on the podcast. Um, you know, just uh, you, we we came out brilliant second half. Um, do we have a problem with Roy getting? Why why could we not change it halfway through the first half when we see it's not working? Is there not 
right, let's change it to this, let's change it to that? Or do they really need to have that half-time bollocking um, to be able to do it? Well, I, well, I agree with you. That, I mean, it's it's a it's a point of criticism, I think, for 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 the manager and the coaching staff that they cannot get those changes made when they go wrong. And weirdly, that's not something that I would have said about the uh, you know the manager earlier on in the season. You know, when we started this particularly good run, we were we were changing stuff. You know, five ten minutes into a game, we were adapting quickly. I don't know what it is. You know, it's this sudden you know refusal to use substitutes that we'll talk about in a bit as well. It's very odd. Uh, what, what's you know that that side of things? So I, I don't have an answer for you, Nick. I don't know, Ed. You wanted to come in anyway. Have you got an answer? And you can make your point. Uh, I've got an answer for it. It's what I was going to talk about. There. I mean, Roy has done you know, no question. He's done superbly since coming in to be where we are now at the beginning of February. Given the start that we had, is you know superb and everything. There's two things that are starting to grate me a little bit. One is the substitute thing that I know we're going to talk about. And two is, is the insistent of insistence of playing Wolf down the middle. He did it when we had when Loftus Cheek was fit, he would play Loftus Cheek out wide when I felt he was better in the middle and he'd play Wolf through the middle. And yeah, like we said, why did we wait to half time to change that? When we we'd made that change, put Wolf out wide, we have an extra man in midfield to sit on um Shelby and Diame to stop all their play going through him. We just looks so much better. And every time we've made that change, like Watford at home, we put Wilf out wide, we start creating loads of chances. Why does he keep persisting with playing Wilf down the middle as a second striker when Wilf looks happier out on the wing and Wilf is so much more of a threat out on the wing where he can get players facing the rather than with his back to goal, he can get players front them up one on one and try and take them on and create some chances for us. It's, yeah, I agree. And I think while whilst Wilf was, you know, scoring and assisting quite regularly from, from that sort of central position, I mean even then he tend, tended to be when he sort of drifted out wide it it sort of mm. get get you know, get the ball and <laughs> you know, find find the way through to the goal. And you had a he had a little bit of a, a weird game today, Wilf, where he you know, he almost first half he was struggling to get involved and second half he kind of he kind of tried to do a bit too much again. He went sort of a little bit back to the Wilf of a few years ago where it wasn't enough to beat a player once. He wanted to beat him again and again and again. And it's just him him being able to... There's two things, really. It's not just about him being able to find the right pass at the right time during those periods where he's dribbling past everyone. It's also about his teammates being able to support him properly because you know what he's going to do. So it's all about taking up the right position so you can take advantage of it. You know, the, the the moment where he was running across, basically ran across the pitch from the left-hand side, he ended up taking six players with him. You know, he had two on him, dribble past those, and then as he ran across the penalty area, they all followed him. And you've got to think how much space would be was created by that. And I was looking, and it's, it's frustrating that, you know, they had a big line of players that he had to try and get, all he had to do was get the ball through to a Palace player from that. And I think that's what he tried to do in the end. I don't think he was trying the shot. But, you know, we've got to figure out a way of, of, of using his talents a little bit better at times, I think. You know, because if we'd done that today, I think we'd have we'd have put Newcastle away quite comfortably. If he was more ready to put a cross in than PVA did. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, let's talk a little bit more about PVA. What a game from him today. You know, we've we've talked about his defensive deficiencies and, We've absolutely, I think Terence in particular has <laughs> hung him out to dry on this show a couple of times. Um, but today, it wasn't just about 
it wasn't just about the fact that he, you know he played well. It was the attitude. It was it, just all of a sudden it was like it's like he had just joined the club again, and he had this real passion all day. He was he was incredibly direct. Um, worked so so hard to get back when he needed to defend as well. Um, and I think you know while I'm talking about that, a big nod towards Wilf for how hard he worked to get back all game as well. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, but but you know what, what was what was up with PVA today then Dr? It was brilliant going forward and defending. Well, most uh, it was like when when he first joined the club under Big Sam. That's exactly what he was. And some I don't know why, but when Frank Dubois came in, he dropped uh, his performances dropped. But it's coming back slowly. We need to see it more consistently though. Um, yeah, going forward, he put in so many crosses today. He ran back. It was just, it was just brilliant. I, I, there was literally no, I can't say any criticism about his performance today. I've, there might be one or two missed passes, but apart from that, <laughs> that's every, everyone missed pass today. Apart from that, he yeah. was fantastic. He needs to do it consistently, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I, think, I suppose that that's the word again, isn't it? We talked about it with Hennessy. We talk about it with PVA consistently. If he, you know, again, he, I'm not saying he can necessarily pull out a performance like that every week, but if he does. You know that's you know he is a top level level left back, right? Yeah, he was very good today. I think. I mean, he's obviously had his a few injuries and stuff, and then obviously got dropped for for Schlupp took the sort of left back spot for a little while. So he's getting now with Schlupp's injury, he's getting a little run in the team again. Um, and hopefully, it looked like he was getting a little bit of an understanding game with Wilf in the second half down the left wing. I think it's good having someone with. PVA's energy down the left-hand side who's willing to when Wilf's got the ball run beyond him on the overlap because when we get two players come and double up on Wilf that overlap will t- naturally take one of those players away so whether Wilf gives him the ball on the overlap or not it takes one defender with him leaving Wilf back with a one-on-one again so hopefully they can Wilf will start playing out wide from the starting games and PVA can keep it up and there'll be a a nice little sort of understanding between the two of them. They could be quite lethal going forward. That's yeah, right, exactly. A few runner games that could easily happen. Nick, what did you make of the other flank where we had Fossu Mensa? How did he get on today? Again, he's a he's a young raw player, isn't he? There were times when Fossu Mensa strode forward, and you thought, yeah, this this could be a an almost playmaker from the back of defence. But other times, he seems to get a bit bit caught out. Um, just very quickly on PVA, if I may, um, he was talking all the way through the game to everybody, especially with Hennessy um, in the first half. It was, it was good to see that he, he was keeping the communication going. 
Um, so I, I think that was important and that's helped his game. He's, he's one of these players that needs to be told exactly what he's got to do. And that's why I think Roy's helped him because he's he's told what to do and he sticks to it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's almost, yeah. Um, there was a good stuff on the, on the communication side of things while, while you've brought it up. I'll, I'll go back to yourself and DR in a bit for Fossi Mensa. Um, and I noticed Kabaya a couple of times. I think one other player escaped him and it might be MacArthur who did it as well. Just a, just an opportune moment, went over to the touchline. Um, I, I can't see very much from the Arthur. It kind of obscures most of my vision, the gantry. But I just saw them over, they're spending a bit of time actually just talking to Roy and getting a bit of instruction from the bench a lot. And, you know, that's something that I, I really like to see because it shows that, you know, we, we suffered a lot under Pardew from players not really thinking about the game and not really playing, so we're not really... Yes, game management we talked about before, about looking at the situation in front of you and thinking, I'm seeing something wrong or I'm seeing a weakness or something like that and trying to look at ways of exploiting it themselves. And I like the fact, I like to see our, uh, you know, particularly our influential players going over and consulting the manager. And, you know, it looked, looked to me like they were looking to target uh, Dummett, the uh, left-back for Newcastle at one stage because he was, he was really struggling. It wasn't long after he, after that that he got a yellow. So that's what I thought it was all about, and I thought it was pretty good. But anyway, uh, back to you, Nick, on last bit on Fosu Mensa, and then Dion wants to come in on that. Yeah, uh, again, he, he 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 was getting forward when he needed to. Um, just a little bit weak a couple of times, and not really communicating as much as um, PVA was. Straight in, Dion? Um. With PVA, oh, well, not PVA. It's, uh, with Fossil Mensa, I've I've noticed this over uh, over the period of time he has been here. Defensively, he's a fantastic defender. He loves a tackle. He goes in for it. He's got pace. He's got strength. He's got all the abilities. But going forward, he he just lacks ability. He, uh, he's still very young. I understand that he's twenty years old, but he lacks ability. So I'm not really expecting much from him going forward. And today. At times, he was a threat going forward, but then at times, it's just the usual um, for some mental um, miss crosses. Well, that's what I've noticed. His crossing is not really good, and yeah. it doesn't help. It doesn't help when Fossum Mensa pushing forward and you've got Ben taking a box and you can't cross the ball to him. So, yeah, that's the only criticism of uh, Fossum Mensa. Not only today, it's just his overall play since he's been there. It's just attacking and crosses. Not good well, enough. I'll tell you what it is for me. I, I, I think... You can see it. He's he, up until the point where he can even play a little one-two, do the overlap, cut inside, all that kind of stuff. It's fine. He's, he's comfortable doing that. It's the point where he gets beyond that where he has to think. Because he's obviously not in that position too often where he's got to put in a cross or potentially even take a shot or something like that. He just, You can tell it's not common for him to be in those positions in a, in a match situation. So he has to take that moment to think. And that little hesitancy, that little delay... I think that's all it is because he, he ends up rush having to rush the shot because it's not he's not pictured it before he's doing it. Um, that, that's my interpretation of it anyway. Um, and he's to learn from Danny Butterfield. Well, exactly right. There's a lovely, uh, lovely video tweeted this week of that wonderful game. Against oh, yes. How many years ago was it? Make me feel old. I don't know. Someone said it was like can't in ten, can it? Blimey. What was it? Eight. It was something like that. It was, it was a stupid amount of time that passed anyway. And, and obviously, obviously not mentioned who the goalkeeper was that day. And the uh, quality of the same. So I'll just keep that going. I am literally just trying to stoke the fires now. Well, did you notice on the tweet, the photo didn't actually show Wayne's face because it was buried in the ground. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was watching it with some 
with, with, with joy seeing you know Danny Butterfield put those chances away. But I did have on, on that my most recent viewing. I have to say the the keeping wasn't great, was it? Stop making me do this, all right? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even care anymore. Uh... <laughs> Literally, going to get the most a huge amount of tweets on this one. I'm right, going to anyway. get him on the Hennessy for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I hope, literally, I hope every game from now on, he has a, has a game like he had today, and then I will <laughs> gladly eat the humble pie. Yeah. So, let's talk about the lack of subs again. It was driving, well, Patrick O'Connor and Ed were arguing with me at the, towards the end of the game there. I was playing devil's advocate a bit, as I will during the conversation now. Um, but yeah, again, obviously there was an enforced substitution of, of Sacco on for Kelly, and Sacco played very well when he came on. It's uh, really good to see him come back in and look so comfortable once more. But uh, but other than that, there was no, there's, there weren't any changes, and you have to look particularly. I think Ed, it was the, it was the case that we've signed a striker in Alexander Soloth, uh, and he's on the bench there. People are kind of like, well, you know, it'd be nice to see him at least get a little bit of a run out. We're we're pushing Newcastle. They're not really a threat of any kind. They're they're rocking. They've so much well, so much pressure. We're desperate for a goal. We're not quite getting there. Seems an obvious one to chuck on a, another striker and have a, and have a go, right? Well, you'd think so. It was really frustrating me the last sort of ten or fifteen minutes that there was just no. I kept looking at the bench, just expecting to to see some movement there of a substitution getting made. But nothing, and I, I can't understand it. To be honest, we were—I mean, second half, as we've said, we were miles, miles better than we were in the first half. We were all over Newcastle. We've had, I think, sixty-two percent possession in the second half. They haven't touched the ball in our box in the entire second half. You know, you're at home. We only got a point in another sort of winnableish fixture against West Ham in the week. Three points today would have, you know, I would think would have put us, you know, within maybe. Sort we, would have, of we would have been eleventh, and we would yeah. have been, yeah, would have yeah. put us probably three wins away from a points tally that would be enough. It just would have been such a big, would have leapfrogged us a few places, just created that much more daylight. A win at home against Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, Newcastle. Right, so Nick's making some noises. Yeah. I'm, I'm disagreeing with you here because how do you know that if you've brought on a bloke who hasn't played since December and is completely unfamiliar with the team, he's going to score the winning goal? I'm not well, saying he's going to, but we're at home against Newcastle. Yeah, I know, but look, look how many chances we had. I really, really thought we were going to score. And why, why upset the team when it's going so well? All right, you might need to do changes. But, but Newcastle, Newcastle couldn't cope. So why change it's it? Creating chances for... a. Christian Benteke, who we've talked about, is low on confidence, not putting away chances. And yeah, but who we else? had chances for McCarthy. Christian Ball's in for Johan Kabai to try and... A ball went in at the end like, for Kabai, who's like, I don't know, what, five foot something, to try and win the header. It, I just think it was it would have given the crowd a boost for this new signing to come on for 10 minutes. It wouldn't... Would it have hurt us? No. It wouldn't have resulted in us conceding a goal. Well... Let's, it would have just given something who would different. Have taken off? Wait, wait, we'll come back to that in a second, Nick, because that is the ultimate question back to, to argue the logic. But but Kernaz is just chomping at the bit here, or champing at the bit and chomping at the bit. Kernaz, what do you think? Um, 
if yeah, um, we're, as you say, we're going to talk about the uh, who would take off, but it was the balance. Um, if, if we did take off, well, we had to take off a midfielder, and we know what happened in the first half. We was getting outrunning midfield, and even though they did take off the army, whenever we did get the balls from when they counted, we always started from the midfield. And if we take that person off out of the midfield, then it's going to go back to the same thing yeah, and over again. And it's going to be like a Padre type of thing. There was a balance there. And you take our midfield down, we're going to lose that balance. And we're going to uh, possibly um, stop creating the chance that we've already done. It was not... The, the system... The system... The, the last system 10 was, minutes at home. It's the last... But, but look at the other side. How, 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 many, how many goals did we concede under Padre when we tried that approach? Yeah, when the game, the way the game was going, didn't suit it. When Pardew made those changes, we were yeah, but... drawing when a draw was a good result, or we weren't completely on top of a team who is—they're a championship team. Newcastle are pony. Look at their lineup. We were all yeah. over them in the second half, and it was just begging and... for us to just be a little bit braver and try and win the game. But, we... but in the first, but we saw what happened in the first half. Though this pony team was outrunning us in midfield, and you take our midfielder, and this pony team can do the same thing again. That's in and the first like... half. Yeah, but no, that's a shot with ten minutes to but go. It they are the second shot. They are happy with that point. They have not been in our box. They are. They that, just. That was a bit of adventurous and push on us. They did it, and in fact, Luca did go back a couple of times. They did hit us on a counter attack a couple of times, even though we was all over them. They did hit us on a counter attack, and also we were creating chances. It's not like we weren't creating chances. We were creating chances. We're just going to finish them. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe another striker might have changed that. You just said you're great. Well, you take out, but you put another striker, you take out another midfielder, and if you take out another midfielder, then you look back at the defensive options and maybe they can come back into the game. Where's the, there's no guarantee that it's going to work. It sounds good on paper, but there's clearly, Roy has done perfect. There's clearly, knows that he, that's why he didn't do it. So, on, on you know, obviously, you, you hit all the key points that, we're, that we were discussing earlier, which. Of course, there's no guarantee it would help. There's also no guarantee it wouldn't. You know, there's, there's also you could potentially argue nothing to lose. Excuse me, nothing to lose. But I, I also think, you know, there's there's an argument there that if you do disrupt the team, it can. It's not just about not taking advantage of how dominant you are. You know, if you, comp- you as as you were getting at there, there's there is always a danger, a concern that ultimately you surrender a bit of shape, a bit of structure you suddenly stop creating and add a, add a load of pressure onto yourselves and you can end up losing a game like that. But, you know, if you're going to play with that sort of fear, that's the other side of it. The argument is if you're going to play with that sort of fear against that kind of opposition, then, uh, you know, then when are you going to win any games? So it's, there's an awful lot to think about around that. But, um, but I want to get some, some views on this from Facebook as well, because uh, a few people got in touch earlier on when we asked the question. And uh, Matt Mitchell says, I think it wouldn't have changed a lot. The new boy is not fit. And it would it would have been chucking you into a dog fight. So there's an argument there. Alex Smith, no way, no way that anyone can tell unless they've seen Serloff in training. Otherwise, uh, once seen in the Premier League, only then can I answer that question. Uh, Simon Callow, I'm sure Roy knows what he's doing. He hasn't done bad up until now. Uh, Michael Rice uh, says, good result, but could have thrown Serloff on for the second half for 15 minutes with, with Tekkers. Feels like a missed opportunity. So agreeing with yourself there. Ed and Glenn Fossey said a difficult one. Clearly, we were in the ascendancy. Hindsight, you'd say yes for sure, uh, but it looked more of a case for who would you have taken off. What doesn't help is flogging the flogging the players. Uh, I think what he's trying to say there, because a little message has come up and blocked it. They go for, for so many minutes quite so often. He's getting at the fact that you know forcing players to 
all play 90 minutes on a continual basis. It's not using the subs to keep people fresh as well. So there's lots of different reasons why you might bring on a sub, not just to win that game. So, Ed, who would you have taken off? Uh, probably Johan Kabai. I dropped uh, James McArthur slightly deeper and then played Sorlop up top with Benteke. Because, I mean, McC- McArthur was pretty much just playing as a second striker because we were so on top of them anyway. He was so close to Benteke. So it wouldn't have been a massive change in shape to do that. It's just a change in personnel. OK, deal. But how many times did McArthur, as playing as an attacker, got into them He got into them spaces? If you take off Kabai, then you're going to ask McArthur to drop in deeper. So as a result, McArthur won't be able to play as he is because he'll have to focus on the defensive end more as well. And also, we have to realise that Newcastle didn't change their structure. They kept the same structure. So if we drop in uh, McArthur in the midfield and basically we're going to go back to a 4-4-2, how, what, first off, it shows that it, it, it doesn't work. The 4-4-2 doesn't work. And on that basis, it, it, was, it would have been very, very dangerous. And a point is more massive than losing. If we lost Newcastle today, they would have got, there would have been two points ahead of us. And that's, uh, if you look at hindsight, if we're drawing games, that would be massive. That's two games they're ahead of us. Indeed, indeed. Um, listen, it's, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, right? This, this is a, you know, it's, it's a typical football chat in the sense that you don't, no one knows what the result would have been had we made those changes. But what I will say is that, you know, certainly when we, since we've struggled with injuries, you know, Roy's kept the same players, you know, playing, playing, trying to play more for 90 minutes. And it does, you know, that does actually elevate the risk of further injuries to players. And you know, I'm not saying that's why Kelly got injured today or anything like that, but one I'm getting at is, it's, you know, players, particularly players that have struggled for fitness. I mean, it's not that many weeks ago that Yaron Kabai was being talked about having an injury that was to do with muscle fatigue. So, you know, if you've got the opportunity to freshen things up, you probably should. And you look at the bench today, it wasn't a particularly strong bench. You know, we're dealing with the same 18, 19 players every week at the moment. So you kind of, you do feel for for the fact that the manager's, you know, going to be uncertain if he can actually trust all of those players to play every week. But, you know, I, I understand his, his hesitancy, but it's a potential it could cost us by being a little bit too reluctant to change as well. Ed? I just think you go back to say, oh, it's basically four four two didn't work in the first, but it's not the same stage in the game. So it's not, you know, if if that's the way you're going to think, then you just start the you start the game with a formation and personnel that works. Just never yeah. change it. Well, like, we might as well just not name any subs or <laughs> only have them for injuries. Like we're oh, home I, to Newcastle. We've just, I just think it's two points dropped. Just if we'd have won in against West Ham in the week. Then yeah, I probably would have just took a draw today. Fine, don't lose. That's great. But given that we, yeah, the second half of that West Ham Palace game, neither side wanted to lose. That was obvious, and it just sort of fizzled out in a pretty pretty poor second half. And we get a point. But just, I mean, if we just win today, I mean, we go twenty nine points, five clear of the drop, three wins. I would say from there would have made probably make you safe. Yeah, true. Although we're going to now, now we're twenty-seven point, only three points off the drop zone, and we've got a pretty, you know, we've got Everton, um, and then we've got a pretty horrible march of you know Chelsea, United, we've got Spurs coming up. We've got a tough little run. It could, but we could very well be right in amongst the bottom three in April. When nah, listen, we're going to stay. We're going to 
We're going to stay at Bowen in our last three of the season, Ned. So don't how many me. how many two points have we dropped at Selhurst Park this season that we might look back on in May? And that that's the problem is is that the whole bottom of the table is so close that every game is a six pointer for almost the, the bottom 14, 15. So so drop two points could be important. But then yes, but so could be point. so could be yeah, exactly so could be dropping a point by being a little bit too. I'm not saying that today necessarily. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's it's the margins are very, very tight and you know, yeah, as frustrating as it is a point to point. The way the game was going today, if you're not gonna try and win a game and be a little bit brave today, oh, then you're ne- you're never gonna do it. That's where I'll take you to task it, because we did try. <laughs> this is the one thing that I didn't like about our, our little debate earlier on. I can, I can handle differences opinion of opinion, right? Everyone's got a different opinion. And I understand that, that there's a there's an attacker there. Not that anyone anyone who's talking about for anyone has ever seen him play. And he's played two, two, has done two training sessions with the team. But that, that aside, right? Doesn't just because you're not chucking chucking that player on, it doesn't mean you're not having a go at winning the game. I thought we tried really, really hard to win the game. I really do. Yeah. I don't know how much harder we could have tried to win the game. So I don't. I don't think it's fair to criticise on that side. I think the decision to not throw on a sub is questionable. But I don't. We don't have all the facts. I don't have all the facts about how ready Soloff was. Yeah, but if he's not ready to play ten minutes, don't put him on the bench. Like I've, I'm not fit, but I could go and play ten minutes of football. Like, yeah. If he's not fit and ready to play ten minutes, then what's well, the point in putting him on the bench? But yeah, well, you know, that's the manager's there to make that decision. Is is ten minutes of him better than keep than than not ten minutes of him? That's the that's the ultimate choice. But like I say, my point is, if you're going to say, you know, he, he perhaps. We, we should have changed things up there. I, c- I can understand that. But if you're going to say we didn't try win that game, I would argue that that's not the case. I think we, we very much did. But go on, Dio, you wanted to say three words. Respect the point. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> yawn, yawn, yawn. <laughs> yawn. But them yawnings have made us go into the position we're in right now. Defensively solid, having a structured system. And changing that system today, it, it, it might be in a different story. I, I Honestly, respect the point. I... I might be boring, but we're still how many? We're, I think goal difference separates us from eleventh. So it's it's we created chances as well as Chris said. It's not like we're not creating chances. It was yeah. working. We just didn't score. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, that's quite lively, wasn't it? But I listen. You know, I'm. I, I, I go on, Nick. Go on. But what game changes did we have on the bench? So we're talking about the sub. But who who was there that could actually make a difference? I don't think there was. And that's no no detriment to the people on the bench. But unless there was somebody who could come on and do a better job of a set of players, who were doing a pretty good job apart from having their shooting boots on. I mean, twenty two shots. Well, Nick, this goes back to the the transfer window, isn't it? And, and and you know we haven't had too much of a chance to talk about this, but you know. Ultimately, is that a failure on, on, on the board's part for you, personally? I'd give them an 8 out of 10 for getting three potentially very, very, very good players over the line. I think what ruined the window a bit for some people was those two players we got in early kind of meant that we weren't going to be chasing loads and loads. Um, but to have players in our club offices two years or two transfer windows in a row and not get them over the line, there's got to be questions asked. Yes, yeah, you know, you look at our bench today. Obviously, Joel Ward was back from a very, very long injury, and he's not one who's going to spark us into life up front. Obviously, we've got Soloff, who's had, you know, like I say, two training sessions. He's not played a competitive game since the end of November, start of December, something like that. Uh, you know, we've got 
Namasako, who obviously came on for Kelly. Uh, we've got Lee Chung Young, who potentially is, is arguably our only attacking sub, other than the untried, untested, potentially unfit Soloth. Then it's, you know, perhaps Soiree, Dion Curtis, Henry, and, uh, and Jairo Riedeveld. So there isn't, there isn't a huge amount of, you know, there aren't a huge amount of options there for for Hudson to choose from, and particularly in an attacking sense. So you know, obviously the the late injury to to uh, to Bakary Sacco, which is obviously now confirmed as a broken ankle and out for the season, that's perhaps the thing that has made a disappointing and frustrating transfer window into a to a potential disaster in the fact that we haven't signed. But you know, you look at it today and you think, well, okay, I can understand that that. You know the centre back, yeah, we've signed. Who's probably, probably, you know, one for the future more than one for the present. But where's Rakib? Rakib, where is he? You know, he's on loan for half a season. What, what's the point of signing him on loan for half a season if he's not even going to make a squad? Yeah, I don't understand that one at all. You know, I can only assume that I don't know whether it's, it's a surprise that he's unfit or something like that, or maybe he needs two, three weeks, but. If he needs two, three weeks, it's really weird to, you know, to make that signing. Because you think, you know, he's a box-to-box midfield player. Actually, that might have been a, a good shout today to have someone like that. Because that's different to anything else we had on the bench. I mean, Riedeval's not box-to-box, really, is he? So, but he's the only one, other one who could have come on in midfield. And you think, that, that could have freshened things up. But again, surely surely he can play this 10, 15 minutes we were talking about a minute ago with Solov. So, you know, it is, a, it is a worry. And, you know, you look at the squad and it does... Does seem light. So of all the of all the previous windows, see, I get this a lot. I, you know, I don't really understand in previous seasons why people have been so angry and so upset about the transfer business we've done. But this window, this is the one that I felt actually I don't I don't feel in a position where I can actually defend this too much. You know, because we haven't bought anyone for the now. And I look at the the, the squad, and we need people for now. <laughs> we need people making a, a difference today. Like you know, again in this game. You know, I've just I've just spent ten fifteen minutes arguing the up the opposite case with Ed, but I can do that. That's 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 why I'm doing what I know sometimes. Well, I can argue the other side of an argument, but when I actually look at it today, <laughs> you can't make your mind up. That's I can, I can. today. Today is people dropped. You know, these are games that are vital for you, and um, and I think better business in the window. You could, you could have seen us win today quite comfortably, uh, but again, we don't know. It's just an opinion. That's all we think. How many, how many teams had players played that they bought in the window? I know um, Arsenal had a couple. And well, I know, no, no, um, if you, look, you look at when we played West Ham, they'd signed Joe Mario on loan like the day before. And he was their best oh, yeah, player. Yeah, he got the flight in that morning, didn't he, I think? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for every, for every sort of sensible argument that there is, you can just kind of go, well, but then that happened to someone else. So why don't we ever get that? A player returns I... to the plane one morning, plays, plays in the evening and has a blind there. I did like the fact that Giroud was the first player in Match of the Day history to appear on there twice in the same programme, but for different teams on the bench. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I'm getting in, in the danger of moaning. Gents, uh, we've done nearly an hour, so I'll go, just go around you. If there's anything else that you want to bring up and discuss, I'm going to give you that opportunity, and I'm going to start with you, Nicholas. Not discuss, but we're, we're going to be all right. We've got a few tough games. Um, we're we're a work in progress. Roy said at the beginning, we're not going to suddenly get clear of the zone and stay there. We are. We might dip our toe in the bottom three again, but I've, I've got nothing to worry about. 
I, I, I still feel confident. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, Edward? Uh, no, I think we're saying, agree with Nick. I still think we'll be all right come May, but I think if we had just been a little bit braver and bolder in, over the last week, we might be sitting a lot more comfortably than we are tonight, but there we go. That wouldn't be the Palace way, mate, would it? No, true, true. <laughs> DR Kerner, it's been a pleasure talking to you again today. Have you got any last little pearls of wisdom for us? Um, I wonder if Roy's going to retire at the end of the season because <laughs> of, um, you know, like a big Sam type of thing. With the transfers, I'm not too sure if he's too happy about it because he was talking, saying that he wanted at least four players in. Um, yeah. And right, as you said, uh, Jack, he's nowhere to be seen. Rakip, he's on loan to the end of the season. He's nowhere to be seen. And um, we just got the one striker. So, And he always mentioned the goalkeeper position. And we did get a goalkeeper, but he's joining us later on in the season so I'm not too sure if he's happy and I'll, yeah. I want to see what happens at the end of the season I'm presuming that deal is is still is it still on if we do go down who knows, <laughs> who knows? oh yeah I think it is oh, didn't we sign a pre like, didn't we sign a contract with him yeah 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 so I think it is yeah, he'll, be watching, <laughs> he'll be watching the games with interest I suspect <laughs> yeah he's going to leave before he even joins <laughs> <laughs> oh, would that be another very palace thing and anyway, the you know, point picked up. We're uh, on 27 points. Difficult run of games coming up. You'd be hoping we'd get something out of Everton because then it's, uh, I think it's what, it, Tottenham and United, Chelsea after that. And then it's a home game of Liverpool not not too long after that. But I was looking at it the other day and I've decided we're going to win the last three games of the season anyway. So those nine points, if we had them now, I reckon we'll keep this up. So happy days. <laughs> See we, you next um, season. What? Are we going to relegate Pardew on the last day of the season? I would love that so oh, much. I, I, it's looking that way, isn't it? You know, again, it's very tight. Make that noise again, Chris. That sounded quite nice. Do that noise again. Pardew, noise relegated. I don't know what the noise was now. It's like, oh. Ooh. That's <laughs> the thought of it. I think that will all work. they come to sell us. <laughs> yeah, they're in trouble. I'd love to relegate West Brom. <laughs> Calm down. Please, <laughs> 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 Sorry, it's a funny microphone. I was playing with it earlier. I can do this. This Point podcast has taken a weird turn. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very, uh, very sensual. So, yeah. uh, thank you for listening to Homestead Radio. I'm uh, very happy to have been speaking in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Hambo's love songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway thanks to Sam for producing thank you to Ed to DR and to Nick for being on the panel today and obviously for you for listening um, do down the preview do download the preview show in midweek where Terence and Sam and some others probably will be doing some stuff and of course we'll be back I don't know the following weekend yes we will we'll be back on the Sunday the 11th to review the Everton game alright see you then bye It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.